What do you call a poor Santa? Saint Nicholas. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all day. You're welcome. You are just seated. I want you to stand back up as we read God's Word together this morning. You're welcome. You're welcome. Be looking forward to one of those all month long. I'm I'm locked and loaded. Turn with me to Luke chapter 1 this morning. We're going to begin in verse 5. And all throughout this month, we're going to look at the Christmas story and the gift that God gave us 2,000 years ago. In Luke chapter 1, verse 5, the Bible reads this way, In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abihai. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God. How righteous were they? Well, they observed all of the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were also both very old. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at at the right side of the altar. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Aren't you glad for a God who hears prayers? Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you're to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and he's never to take wine or other fermented drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. And this is what he will do. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and in the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous and to make ready a people prepared for their God. Zechariah asked, how can I be sure of this? The reality of the situation on the surface is is that I am very old and, and my wife is well along in years. And I don't understand, God, how you're going to do this. Aren't you glad that you serve a God that's bigger than our understanding? The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. And I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens. Because you do not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. And when he came out and he could not speak to them, they realized he had seen a vision in the temple. For he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. And after this, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant. And for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away the disgrace, my disgrace, among the people. The title of my message to you this morning is simply this. A baby changes everything. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your word that is a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path. It it shows us the way to go and how to arrive there safely. And I pray this morning as we study your word, I pray that God, that what we study wouldn't just penetrate our mind, but God, that it would penetrate our hearts and that it would work our 
work its way out through our lives, that we would not just be hearers of your word, but God, that we would be doers of your word. That we would take it and apply it to our lives. That we may live lives of honor and glory unto you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. You may be seated. How many of you parents in here this morning remember the day your baby was born? If you don't, we have a counselor standing by <laughs> that is ready to minister to you. Every parent remembers the, the day their child was born. Do, do you remember the first thought that hit your mind when you laid eyes on your baby? I remember mine. My, my thought was, this is the most beautiful thing that has ever been born. How many of you guys remember thinking that? I, I, I remember thinking that. I remember telling Meg, this is the most beautiful child. Every parent says that. The difference is I'm telling the truth. The rest of you are lying. <laughs> I, I remember the day that both Harrison and Kate were born pretty vividly. I, I remember after they were born and taking them into my arms and getting in a rocker in, in the room and opening my Bible to Psalms 139. I did this over both of our children. And I read and declared Psalms 139 over both of them, declaring that you are fearfully and, and wonderfully made. Declaring that the works of the Lord in them and through them are both wonderful now and will be wonderful throughout the rest of their lives. And that before a day of theirs came into being, God had set a purpose and a plan and a mission for every one of them. I remember vividly that moment. I, I remember Meg being around the corner, bawling her eyes out as her awesome husband was declaring the word of the Lord over our children. But then I remember packing both of those children up and taking them home and everything changing. I remember packing them up and putting them in the car and, and I became a different driver immediately. I became defensive driver extraordinaire. I mean, I get them packed and I am an eagle. My eyes are looking at all the idiot drivers on the road that don't know what they're doing and, and me yelling at somebody, I'll bust a cap in you if you get over here. I, I mean, I became a different driver when we had, had children. I remember our behavior changed. Our language changed. We went, I was teaching at the University of Alabama when our kids were born. You're welcome. You knew I was going to figure out a way to get it in today. And I taught college and I was articulate, and I was intelligent, and, and I was rational, and all of that goes out the window, and it's <laughs> to my, my language changed. I, I, like our, our behavior changed. Most of the time, the behavior changes because you're sleep deprived. My people changed. My dad became a person that I never knew. I like my dad's not hard, but he's not soft either. And, and, but when our kids were born, he became this gushy grandparent that I'm like, who are you? Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> our, our time changed. Meg had ordered this beautiful little dresser from, I, I think it might have been Ikea. It was Target. It came in 15,000 pieces. <laughs> and it took me about six hours to put it together. And I remember sitting in our living room with pieces all around me and looking up at Meg and saying, this baby has only been here a few days and he's already taken all of my time. <laughs> a baby 
changes everything. There's, I, I remember getting married and life changing. But it changed exponentially more when our kids were born. Can I get an amen in the house? Everything in our life changes when a baby is born. Do you know that the Scripture shows us that anytime God wants to shift something with His people, he wants to change something with His people. He wants to take His people to a new place. He wants to do something new in them and through them. It almost always involves the birth of a baby. Because a baby changes you go all the way back to the beginning of the story in, in Genesis chapter 12 and God has this incredible desire to have a people and not only have a people, but have a place for the people. And he visits a man named Abram. And he says, Abram, I want to make you the father of, of many nations. And Abram says, that sounds great. I'm all in, but I have a problem. I'm old and so is my wife and we are barren. We haven't been able to have a child. And God says, that's okay because I'm going to give you a baby and that baby is going to change. See, the birth of a baby changed the name of Abraham, Abram to Abraham. It changed the place that he lived. It changed his inheritance. It changed everything in his life because a baby was born. For 400 years, Israel lives in captivity in Egypt. They begin to cry out to God in their oppression for freedom. And God has an incredible idea about how to free them from their bondage, and it involves the birth of a baby named Moses. God says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna deliver you, but I've gotta birth something in the people first that will lead them to their deliverance. And so Moses comes on the scene and Moses leads Israel in freedom from the captivity of Egypt. See, what we need to understand is, is that, that God's always doing more than we think He's doing. And, and that a baby being born is always bigger than what we think's happening. That a baby being born changed people's names, it changed people's places, it changed people's status, it changed people's preoccupation, it changed everything. For 300 years, Israel has been ruled for judges, ruled by the judges. Samson and Gideon and Deborah and all these incredible leaders ruled Israel for 300 years. But the Bible tells us there was one overarching problem about that time period in Israel's history is that the country was divided. All 12 tribes basically did what was fit in their own eyes, and they weren't a united nation. And so a shift needed to happen. And, and, and so God had an idea. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to shift from a judge-led to a king-led, but in order to make that shift, I need a person. So I'm going to cause a woman named Hannah, who is barren, to have a baby boy named Samuel, and Samuel will bridge the gap between the two ways that I work. A baby changes God's always doing more than we think He's doing when a baby is being born. And God is incredible about not just physically birthing something in our lives. He's also incredible about birthing something spiritually inside of us. It's not just the external that God's interested in, it's the internal. How many of you guys know that God's way more concerned about our character than our success? 
And there's things that God begins to do inside of us. And and in, in the natural, it's a birthing. That there's something inside of us, a stirring in our heart, a desire for something more that God begins to turn over inside of us. It's fresh vision. It's fresh dreams. It's fresh desires. It's fresh passion. It's this longing inside of us to go to a place that we've never been before. And when that's happening, it's a signal that God's trying to birth something new in your life. We come to the account of the story of the birth of Jesus and John the Baptist in Luke chapter 1. And I want to challenge you not just to read this account, this story, from a chronological, well, the baby's been born and then the life proceeds because God's always doing more than we think that He's doing. And as Luke begins his account of Jesus, the promised Messiah King who will both deliver Israel from their captivity and restore the fortunes of the nation, he he begins this account by outlining two miraculous births. The birth of John the Baptist and the birth of Jesus. And, when, and, and what Luke is trying to get us to understand is this isn't just about the birth of a baby. It's about God getting ready to do something new. It's about God getting ready to shift some things. He, he is connecting these births to those births that happened years and, and centuries earlier. And as those births shifted things, as those births changed things, at these births today are signaling God's up to something new. I love that God loves to surprise us with new things. I love the fact that we never arrive with God. I I love the fact that there's always going to be something new. And you say, well, pastor, how can that be? Let me give you an illustration. I love in the book of Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 3, the apostle Paul says this about Jesus, that Jesus was a mystery hidden in God until the appointed time for it to be revealed. And my thought is, is if the greatest story that has ever been told could be a mystery hidden in God, what else lays there to be discovered? God always has more that He's trying to do. And most of the time, that new thing, that more, that different, that shift, that change begins with a birth. Because a baby changes. Luke begins to outline the birth of John the Baptist and Jesus. And there's so many parallels in these miraculous births to those heroes of old. There's barren women. There's Sarah and there's Rebecca. There's Hannah. And now you have Elizabeth. Miraculous birth. There's divine visitations. Angels visit and say, hey, just so you know, God's up to something new. Pay attention to it. There's this growing discontentedness with the status quo that is turning over and over and over in Abram, in the people of Israel, in Zechariah and Elizabeth, this growing discontentedness contentedness. God, I know you have more and I I want more, but I don't know how to get the more, get to the place that you want to take us to. I I don't know how I get fresh vision. I don't know how I have fresh dreams. I don't know how I reignite a fresh passion for you in my life. And the answer from scripture is you need a new birth of something inside of you. It's, It's like the prophet Jeremiah said, He said, there's like fire shut up in my bones. There's something inside of me that God's doing that is going to make what it looked like in the past as if he was doing nothing. And that's what these births are pointing us to. That God is up 
to something new. And because he's God, there's always something new he's wanting to do. Do you know that this isn't just how God deals with Israel in the Bible? It's how God deals with us. That God will begin to stir our hearts. He will begin to cause a discontentedness with life to grow in our heart. God, I know, I know you have more. I know you're not done. I know there's something beyond where I am that you're wanting to do in my life. And and all of these things that God begins to do inside of us are, are precursors to a birthing of something new that he wants to release through us. I remember after Meg and I, soon after Meg and I became the pastors here, um, 10 years ago, we went to a, a conference in Dallas and we were being ministered to in the altars. And I remember the, the lady that was praying for us, she, she stopped praying for us and she looked at us and she said, are you pregnant? I said, well, you need to ask her. <laughs> are we? I don't, I don't think we are. And she said, well, then you are pregnant spiritually. that God is stirring something new on the inside of you for what He's calling you to. That, that you need to be prepared that God's getting ready to give you fresh vision for the call that is upon your life. You need to get prepared that God's going to bring fresh relationships into your life. They're going to strengthen you and encourage you for the journey that he's calling you to. You need to understand that God's going to give you dreams and a passion for things that you've never had before because God's taking you to a new place. And one of the ways that he takes you to a new place is that he begins to birth something new on the inside of you. Are any of you hearing what I'm saying this morning? There's something new that God is wanting to do. There's something new on the inside of me. There's something new on the inside of you that he's wanting to do what he did with Abraham. I want to take you to a place that you've never been before. I've got something that I want to give you. I have an inheritance that I want to pour out upon you. There's a freedom, Moses, that I want you to release through my people. There's a new way that I'm getting ready to work and and I'm going to need somebody to bridge the gap between the old and the new. There's something new. I was praying for you this week. And the Holy Spirit started speaking very clearly to me that that not only, guys, we've been in our services, God has been moving powerfully and and, and the prophetic word has really been coming forth that, that there are some mountains standing in your way that God is getting ready to move and there's some chains that have been holding you back that God's getting ready to break and there's some dead dreams that you've written off that God's getting ready to resurrect. But as I was praying, God told me this to tell you today, there's a new birth that he's getting ready to do inside of you that's gonna make everything that you've ever experienced before, look as if it was dead. There's something new. And I said, God, well, what, what's the new thing that you're wanting to do in your people? God, what do you want me to declare over your congregation? And as I began just to pray and intercede for you in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit just began to stir my heart that some of you, there's new businesses that God has spoken into your heart that you have yet to take a step on. And God says, now's the time to take the step. That some of you are going to bring creative solutions to problems that are incredibly difficult that nobody's been able to answer. That, that there are godly solutions to human problems that you're getting ready, God's getting ready to birth inside of you and release through you. And it, God's doing it because he's wanting to elevate your influence so that you can point people to him. Amen. There's a new passion for Jesus and for the things of God that he's getting ready to birth inside of some of you. That you've been longing to have a deeper, more intimate relationship with God. And you're getting ready to walk in something. God's getting ready to make a deposit of his character and his nature inside of you. And it's going to spring forth to life. 
and you're gonna become a completely different person. There's some anointings on your lives that God is getting ready to release because the call on your life and what the future is going to demand is bigger than what you currently have. And God's getting ready to release it. There's ministries that are getting ready to be birthed in your heart. There's solutions to problems. There's passion. There's anointing. There's gifts. God, I believe with everything inside of me that we're getting ready to move into a new season. Can somebody say amen to that? I am thankful for the experience in the relationship that I've had thus far with my Savior. But I want more. If we're not dead, God's not There's some things in our lives that need to be birthed. Fresh vision, passion, fresh love. I can I can see it in the spirit over you this morning. God's getting ready to do something so transformational in your life. It's going to make it's going to make your previous experience with him look as if it was dead. It's going to be that transformational. It's going to be like the early church. It's going to burst forth out of you and God's going to do it in you because the world needs to know about him. I, I, there's going to, some of you are getting ready to experience some job and career shifts. But you need to know that it's not about the external, it's about the internal that God is doing inside of you to take you to the place that he's wanting to take you. Don't get focused too much on the external. Because what God is getting ready to do, the new thing that he's going to do in you, let me say it this way, this is what I feel in my heart, is that he's not only going to take you out of Egypt, he's going to take Egypt out of you. And if we get too focused on the out of Egypt part, we miss the internal part. And it's not about the external, it's about the internal, because unless your heart gets right, nothing else is right. right. It's a new day. God's getting ready to birth some things. In your life and through your life. And I want to give you from, from the story of the birth of Jesus and the John, John the Baptist, I just want to give you four tips this morning, four keys to walking in the new thing that God's getting ready to bring you into. Just four quick things this morning, and then we're going to, we're, the worship team's going to come join me, and we're going we're gonna to worship, and we're going to respond, and we're going to minister today, because I believe God has something that he wants to impart into your life. Four, four keys for walking in the new thing that God is getting ready to bring you into. Anybody else sense that? Come on. I, do anybody else sense there's something more, there's something new that God is wanting to do? Here, here's the first thing that you need to, practical keys for walking in the new thing. Just say yes. Here's, here's the first thing that you need to understand when God is stirring in your heart and, and, and that stirring is a, is a symbol, it's a representation that God's trying to birth something new in you because he, he wants to take you to a new place. You just need to say yes. In Luke chapter one, verse 38, listen to Mary's response to the angel. When the angel visited her and said, hey, you're going to have the Messiah. Don't just gloss over that. Don't just say, well, yeah, you're going to have a baby. Wait, whoa, stop the presses. You're going to have the Son of God. Mary, verse 38 says, I am the Lord's servant. Let me translate that for you. Yes. Whatever you're saying, I receive it. May your word to me 
be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Mary could have done nothing to deserve this incredible honor that God was bestowing upon her, that she would be the mother of the son of God. She couldn't deserve it, could not have earned it. And and her simple response to God doing something supernaturally new inside of her was a simple yes. God's getting ready to do some new things in you and you don't need to question the what, the when, the where, or the how. You just need to say yes. Just a simple, okay, God, I, 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 I don't have to understand it. I don't have to figure it out. Let me pause here for a second. I know most of you pretty, pretty well. And most of you are, well, most of, some of you are highly intelligent. (laughs) And you're going to try to build an equation on how to make happen what God is showing you he wants to do. Don't build an equation. Just say yes. Don't try to figure it out. Can Mary figure out how though she had never been with no man, all of a sudden God could conceive inside of her? There's no equation for that. Could Elizabeth figure it out? How for her entire life she could not have a child and then all of a sudden when her body was as good as dead and Zacharias as well, how then she could conceive? There's no equation for that. You're wasting time and energy. Just say yes. I remember years and years ago, Meg and I were again at a a conference in Dallas, and we went there, and um, it was incredible. Had some of the best pastors, leaders in in, in America. And, And honestly, this is just me being completely candid. I came back from that conference on the verge of depression. And because the thought that I had was, with their, when there are leaders like these, why would anybody want to come to my church and what do I have to offer? That's just me being completely candid. I'm not an insecure person, but that was my thought. And because of my education and, and background in teaching at the University of Alabama, so good. You are so good. I know how to educate myself. And so on the plane ride back, I'm, I'm putting together a strategy for how I can earn what God wants to do in my life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so I'm doing all this and the Holy Spirit checked me and stopped me. He said, you can do what you're planning to do and kill yourself in the process, or you can just say yes and I'll give you what you need when you need it. Just say, yes. just say, yes. one more time, just say, Here's number two, be okay with different. Number two, be okay with different. What do I mean there? This is what I mean. I mean, what you think the new thing's going to look like is not going to look like what it's going to look like. It's going to be different. Whatever the dream, whatever the vision, whatever the desire, whatever the hope, you can rest assured it's going to look different than what you conceive it's going to look like. How do you know that? Do you think Mary and Joseph envisioned their marriage and first child the way that it came about? Matthew chapter 1 Matthew records the birth of Jesus this way. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they could come together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was a faithful man, faithful to the law, and did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had this in mind. And in what did he have in mind? He had in mind that this is not what I signed up for. This is not how I saw this playing out. I don't want to hurt her. So this is what I want to do. I want to dismiss her privately, not publicly, because this is not how I saw this unfolding. Anybody hear what I'm saying? He was going to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Let me translate that for you. It's okay that it's going to look different. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife 
because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit and she'll give birth to a son and you're giving them the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Then Joseph woke up from the dream and he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him to do, and he took Mary home as his wife. This is not how Mary and Joseph envisioned their marriage and their first child unfolding. You need to know as God takes you into something new, it's going to look different than what you think it's going to look like. As you conceptualize it, as you see it in your mind's eye, God's new thing that He's going to do in you and through you, it's just going to look different. And the only way you can move forward is just by accepting it's going to be different than what I think it's going to be. My whole life has been that way. How my educational journey and how I came into ministry, it's all been different than what I would have planned, what I would have chosen, what I would have done. And and God, I think through my own personal life journey has been teaching me, be okay with different, son. Be okay with different. All I really need from you is you just to walk faithfully after me. All I really need you to do is just take the step of faith that's in front of you and don't worry about the step that's a thousand down the road. Just take the one in front of you. Anybody else do that? I'll be thinking about the 15,000th step down the road and the one in front of me sometimes I'm failing to take. Be okay with different. Pastor Jim, one of our overseers, told me this several years ago. He said, don't fall so in love with your method of ministry that you lose your ministry. Be okay with different. Methods have and will always change. How we do things will always be different. So if you're going to walk after God and you're going to walk in the new thing that He's wanting to do in you and through you, you have to be okay with, be okay with, one more time because some of you just aren't getting it. (laughs) Be okay with, I know that's a tough one. I get it. That's That's a tough one because this is how It's supposed to go, but if the Bible teaches us anything, it teaches us it doesn't go the way we think it's going to go because his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than the thoughts of man. Here's number three. Pay attention to God moments. If you're going to walk in the new thing that God is wanting to do in you and through you, you need to pay attention to God moments. Did you notice in the story in Matthew that I just read the difference between Joseph being okay with different was that he had an angelic visitation. He had a God moment. He he had a, a moment of transcendence. He had a moment where the supernatural intervened in the natural. And it settled his heart and it settled his mind and it allowed him to be okay with a different thing that God was doing. And I think God lovingly gives us those supernatural moments as we're walking into something new. And those supernatural moments, really, they kind of help to chart the course. But not only chart it, confirm it. They really help to confirm. Because walking after something new can be scary. Walking after... Something new and saying yes to something that's going to look different can, can challenge everything inside of you. And I think God knows that. And, and so he, he lovingly and kindly gives us these moments that confirm that the direction that we're going is in line with his purpose and his plan. And those confirmations come through visions and dreams God conversations, just kind of out of the blue. Anybody ever had a God conversation out of the blue and you're like, where did that come from? Oh, wait, that was God. I want to encourage you, don't 
discount those things. Don't blow those things off. That's a loving father extending something to you to confirm you're going the right way. Be courageous. I'm with you. I know it's scary, but take up faith. You're on the right path. I remember almost 20 years ago when Meg and I went into ministry, I had, I had two what I call God dreams. I had these vivid, vid, vivid dreams of ministry. And I was awoken in the middle of the night and I had to go get a pen and a pad and I just started writing down the dream that God gave me. And what God was doing in that moment is that he was confirming the change in the course that I was taking. I was on my way to being a college professor and right at the cusp of taking that step, God shifted me towards ministry. And those dreams helped to confirm the course. Don't blow those things off. It could be the difference in keeping you on the journey and you stepping outside of it. Number four, and finally this morning, is you need to connect with like-minded community if you're going to walk in this new thing. Look what Mary does in Luke chapter 1, verse 39. After she is visited by the angel and told, hey, you're going to give birth to the Messiah. Verse 39 says, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried. She got ready in a hurry and went to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. I've never noticed it until I started studying it this year. The first thing that Mary does upon discovering that God's wanting to do something new in her, she runs to somebody else that God's doing something new in as well. Let me rewind that and say that again because that's powerful. The first thing that Mary does when she realizes God's birthing something new in her, she runs to find community among other people that God's doing the same thing in. What's the message? What's the lesson? What's the point? The point is when you're walking through something new, you don't ever need to walk through it alone. When you're walking into a new season, you're walking into a new uh, purpose, when you're walking into a new passion, when you're walking into something new, one of the most important things that you can do is go find some common community. Go find some other believers that God's doing the same thing in them. Because when you walk in something new, it can be scary, it can be discombobulating, it can be confusing, and I need other people that are walking through the same thing so that we can walk through it together and encourage one another and comfort one another and support one another so that we can get to the place that God's trying to take us. You can't get there alone. You're going to need somebody along the way that's going to lift you up. You're going to need somebody along the way to lift up. Because the new is just that. It's new. We don't know what it's going to look like. Don't know how we're going to get there but I know I'm going. And I'm going to take some people with me. You stand with me where you are this morning. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know how we're going to get there. I don't know all that it's going to involve. But I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the God that we serve is up to something new. 
I believe that he's up to something new in us individually, in our church corporately, and in his church globally. That we are getting ready to move into a new season where the experience that we have with our Savior is going to make our previous experience with Him look as if it were dead. It's going to be transformational. It's going to be transcendent. And I know the people that are going to go into the new thing that God's up to are the ones that are just going to say yes to Him regardless of what it looks like. They're going to be okay with it being different. They're going to pay attention to God moments and they're going to link arms with godly community that is marching in the same direction. And my question to you this morning is simply this. Do you have something God has been stirring in your heart to do that you've yet to say yes to? How many of you right now would say, I have a yes that God's asking me to say yes to? Would you just raise your hand right where you stand? Yes, yes. I, there's a yes that God is, there's a yes, there's a yes that I need. Yes, amen, amen, amen. You're in the right place at the right time and God's getting ready to do something miraculous in your life. I want to encourage you here today to find and connect with community that is marching in the same direction. You're going to need it like you've never needed it before in your life. I, I, I almost believe that you're going to need it so much that you're not going to get there if you don't. You, need, you don't need to be laissez-faire about community. Mary, the Bible said, identified Elizabeth. She, God's doing something in her. And it's the same thing that he's doing in me. And she got ready in a hurry and ran after it. I feel like in my heart, you're going to have to have that same kind of intensity. If you're going to walk in the new thing that God is up to. You just bow your heads right where you stand this morning. Maybe the new thing that God is wanting to do in you today is that He wants you to surrender your life to Him. And if you're here this morning and you'd like to give your life to Jesus, I want to pray for you today. Is there anyone here that would say, Pastor, I've been living for myself for far too long and now it's time to live for Jesus. Will you just raise your hand right where you stand? Is there anyone? Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Is there anybody else this morning who said, Pastor, it's time to live for Jesus? Church, we just pray this after me. Jesus, thank you for your grace. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I choose today to no longer live for myself, but to live for you. I invite you into my heart and I submit to you as Lord. And I ask for your kingdom to come. And your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Hey, church, we had two people give their life to Christ this morning. Amen. I want to invite my altar team to come to my right and to my left. And we're going to hang out for a few minutes just in worship here today. If you have a yes that God is calling you to take, or maybe there's an area that God is telling you, it's, you need to be okay with this looking different than what you thought it was going to look like, I want you to take one of our connect cards. On the back side of it, there's a prayer request section. And I want you to write it down. This is the yes. That, that, I, that you're calling me to take and today I'm taking a step and I'm saying yes. Here's the thing that you're calling me to be okay with being different about and I'm going to write it down and I want you to write it down and I want you to bring it to the altar. And if you would like prayer today, our prayer team is here ready to pray with you that God 
would release the new thing in you and through you today by his power and by his anointing. And we're gonna do this and I have one more response after this that I wanna do. But right now, I just want you to respond. God's doing something new. And it's, and it's, it's past time to take a step of faith and say yes to what he's wanting to do in you and through you. Father, I pray courage over your people this morning. I pray faith over them today to respond to your heart, to move them into the new thing that you're doing. I rebuke fear. I rebuke doubt in the name of Jesus. And I release your blessing. I release your favor. I release your hope over them this morning to take a step out of the past and into the future. In Jesus' name, I invite you just as the worship team leads us, let's worship and let's respond here for just a moment. Come on, guys, please. This is what I'd like to do at this moment. We're going to continue here. I want to honor your time. And if you need to be dismissed, I dismiss you today. But if you would like prayer, I normally, I don't do this, but I really feel led to pray for you today. And I, I don't do this a lot because I don't want to draw attention to myself. It's about God. But I feel led to pray specifically for you today. And if, if there is something that God, you know, is birthing inside of you, I want to pray for you this morning. And if you're struggling with things looking different than what you thought they were going to look like, I want to pray for you as well in those two things. Did I say that clearly? Did I say that clearly? If there's a yes, because you're, God's doing something new and there needs to be a release, I want you to come and I want to pray for you. And if you're struggling with something looking different than what you were thought it was going to look like, I want you to come this morning. I want to bless you. And I, if you need to be dismissed, I, I bless you, go. We have CLC Connect over in our Connect room to my right, to your left. The worship team's going to hang out here and, and people are already coming. Just take a step of faith. I want to pray for you this morning that God would release the new thing in you, that there would be just a, a new birth of His life in you and that there would be a freedom to be okay with a different thing. Father, in the name of Jesus, I, I pray your blessing over your people this morning. And I pray, God, that you would birth in us something new. I release it over your congregation today. I declare your life and your hope, your vision and your dreams. And I pray, God, confidence and faith in how it looks. I declare blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like ministry, I want you to come right now. If you need to be dismissed, you're dismissed. Have a great Sunday. Just come right down here in the front. If you would like prayer, come right down here in the front. Come right down in the front. That's right. Just take a step. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you like prayer, just kind of line up here. Help me with this this morning a little bit. Just make a line. You know, just line up across through here today. That's right. Amen. Amen.